WCNC Charlotte. This is Flashpoint, where power and politics collide and the tough questions get asked and answered. Thanks for joining us here on Flashpoint. I'm Ben Thompson. This weekend marks the anniversary of the first coronavirus death here in Mecklenburg County. Since then, the county's seen about 100,000 cases, just over 900 deaths. But one year later, we are seeing some progress. There are currently only 17 outbreaks in the county. You might be wondering, well, what does that even mean, Ben? Well, for some context, in January, we peaked at 63 outbreaks across the county, so big progress there. The health director says vaccinating people, especially in long-term care facilities, is dramatically reducing the number of outbreaks. Here in the county, almost 15% of people are partially vaccinated, while just over 9% are fully vaccinated. CMS also agreeing that things are better this week. The board voted to bring back middle and high school students four days a week. Elementary school students already in class that long. We'll get to more into what CMS is doing a bit later in the show. Joining us for today's show, Mecklenburg County's Deputy Health Director, Dr. Raynard Washington. Doc, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. My pleasure. All right, so you know the president does a, a, a state of the union, and then sometimes the governor will do a, a, a state of the state. I'm asking you this morning, do a, do a state of public health when it comes to Mecklenburg County right now. How are we doing? Yeah, so uh, I think things are going great. We are um, really uh, working all hands on deck across the county, both here at the health department as well as our health systems and a number of our community providers and pharmacies are focused on getting our vaccines out as quickly and as equitably as possible. Uh, we are making good progress with that. We continue to have more vaccine come into the county. And of course, we know the vaccine is one of the most important tools we have uh, to really moving beyond this pandemic. Uh, our trends in terms of cases and hospitalizations and percent positivity continue to be low. Uh, we have seen some leveling off in terms of the progress that we were making and, and declines. Um, that is a little bit concerning, of course. Our case counts are, are in ticking up just slightly. Uh, and so we are watching that very closely and continue to, uh, particularly as uh, we know some of the restrictions are easing, encouraging everybody in our community to just continue to be vigilant uh, with the things we know work to keep us all safe, uh, including masking and social distancing, as we work to get everybody their shot as quickly as possible. Understanding that, that a year or so ago, we never would have pictured ourselves in, in this situation that we've been in. Um, understanding that, are we right now at this, at this moment in late March in a better place than you expected to be, say, just a few months ago? Yeah, I think in some ways, for sure. I know a few months ago, we were dead in the middle of one of the um, our, our worst surge here in Mecklenburg County following the holiday season. Uh, and so we certainly were having uh, uh, really high case counts. We had so many people in the hospital. It was uh, unfortunate we lost so many lives during that period. Uh, so those are really dark days for us. Uh, but I do think that we have better days ahead. I think things are better now. Uh, we are moving. Uh, we're getting more vaccines quicker than we expected. Uh, we're moving through the parts groups a lot quicker than I think most of us expected. We continue to advocate for as much vaccine as possible here in Mecklenburg. Uh, the state is actually working right now to update their allocation strategy uh, to be more sensitive to uh, the level of vaccination in each county. Uh, so we expect that in the next couple of weeks we'll be getting even more vaccine in Mecklenburg. And so I think uh, as that happens, uh, that allows us to sort of have more supply to meet the, the demand that I think uh, if you've been following any of the, the coverage around the appointments that people are getting and, and looking for, um, I think that'll help us a bit to move uh, more quickly. 
Uh, I want to go over a few things because this was honestly a, a big weekend for a lot of folks, not just here in Charlotte, but across the, the state because it was the first time in a year that, that bars could be open until 2 a.m. They still have some restrictions. The governor announcing that uh, this week bars, conference centers, sports arenas, live performance uh, venues can all operate at 50 percent. Restaurants, breweries, amusement parks and gyms can all operate at 75 percent. Museums, aquariums, retail shops and salons can now operate at 100% capacity. Lots of folks excited about all that. Uh, does, does any of that, though, give you some pause? Of course, I, I think um, the important caveat to all of those easing of restrictions, and I believe the governor said this uh, at his press conference on Tuesday, uh, is that we still are requiring individuals to wear masks. Uh, and we're also still requiring people to social distance. Uh, and so his executive order does not sort of um, permit, uh, you know, really packed gatherings, uh, doesn't permit people to, to engage in uh, some of those activities that we pre previously would have done with a lot of people in a small space at one time without mask on. Uh, so those things are still in place and we know they work. Uh, so we're just asking folks to remain vigilant with us as we are working quickly to get folks vaccinated. Uh, and again, like I said, uh, uh, keep your mask on. You, you mentioned it uh, just a moment or so ago, uh, sort of leveling off of some of our, our numbers. Uh, and I know folks like yourself have been slightly concerned about cases that are plateauing. Often a plateau happens just before cases go back up. The variants are one element concern. I know that the more contagious UK variant has as much up to 30% of the new COVID cases uh, and still on track to gain dominance in the coming weeks. Last week, there were 43 variant cases detected across the state of North Carolina. Since then, that number has more than quadrupled uh, that plateauing effect. I mean, I know we've seen it in some other states. Are, are, how concerned are you that that might lead to increased cases uh, in their not too distant future? Yeah, I think we're certainly concerned uh, with the, again, the timing of the easing of restrictions and we're starting to see this leveling off. We're going to be watching really, really closely what's happening in our healthcare systems with our case counts um, to just ensure that if there's a need to take any action that we're prepared to do so. Uh, but again, we're trying to avoid that, right? So we're asking everybody in our community to continue to practice those mitigation measures to keep us all safe so that we don't have to uh, uh, get to that point. The reality is there are variants in our community. Uh, we do know that the, as you mentioned the UK variant, the B117 is uh, is here and present in our community. We are um, have a number of reported cases of it, uh, and 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 really a number of other variants that we've detected here in Mecklenburg County. And so I think the importance um, of getting the message out to our community that COVID is still a threat. Uh, it is it is uh, with the vaccines being available and being distributed. Uh, that certainly lessens the threat, uh, but we're not quite there yet. And as you all know, we have a ways to go before we get to a level of immunity in our community that we uh, can really uh, get back to a different level of normalcy. I, I know for months we've been dealing with the supply and demand issue, uh, demand being very high, supply but minimal. Are you concerned that going into, say, April and May and even the summer, that that dynamic is going to switch and instead we're going to have plenty of supply, all the vaccines you could possibly ever want and more, but the number of arms willing to take that vaccine is going to really start to dwindle. And then what do we do to get to that 60 or 70 percent herd immunity? Yeah, so I think we are certainly going to um, start to see that at some point. I don't believe it'll happen as soon as April or May. Uh, I believe, as you mentioned earlier, some of our neighboring counties that are smaller are starting to experience uh, that they are getting to a level of where they have more supply than they have demand. So when you do that, then you 
then you start to loosen the prioritization because you don't want obviously vaccines sitting on the shelf and you still don't want it to be wasted. Uh, so I think at some point, uh, maybe closer to June, we may get to that point. Um, and I, I believe that that's uh, important uh, sort of time for us to really then become a lot more focused on identifying individuals who may be, um, and which we're doing already, but to continue our efforts to target those individuals who may be hesitant or maybe having some barriers to access. And as you all know, we've been doing this along the way with our equity work uh, to make sure that we're taking vaccine into the community. Uh, we're starting our homebound program uh, very soon uh, where we'll actually be, be administering vaccines for those who are homebound in their homes. Uh, and so then that's where we start to really uh, focus on those individuals who are um, either haven't been vaccinated, work really hard to find them and get them in as quickly as possible. All right, we're gonna talk about schools because uh, they're gonna be sort of back to a, a new normal coming up in the next few weeks. We're gonna talk about that, that on the other side of the break. Stay with us, more Flashpoint after this. We're really desperate. Local business owner Craig Ray applied for a government loan to keep his business going. But when his request got stalled, Craig contacted the defenders and asked, where's the money? I know that after you contacted them, things moved pretty fast. Just glad we could help you. If you're asking where's the money and feeling financial pressure, the WCNC Charlotte Defenders are here to help. Email us at thedefenders at WCNC.com. We're there to get you answers to where's the money, only on WCNC Charlotte. Welcome back to Flashpoint. This week, the CMS School Board voted to send middle and high school students back to class four days a week. Starts April 12th. Then on May 10th, all grade levels, including elementary schoolers, will move to full in-person learning five days a week. So mark your calendar, folks. May 10th. Some board members questioning why the district is still waiting until May for that. We're being presented a plan that doesn't do it on the 12th of April. It does it on the 10th of May. And I'd like to understand how that justification is in fact in the best interest of students to delay it yet another month. Certainly one could uh, surmise that this is a cautious, a more cautious approach. Um, and I wouldn't disagree with that. Certainly we don't want to go from zero to a hundred uh, all at once. CMS, CMS says they are working to hire contact tracer to, uh, tracers to help keep COVID-19 spread to a minimum. Dr. Raynard Washington with the health department continues with us right now on Flashpoint. And, and Doc, I mean, I, I realize there's administrative uh, issues as far as getting everybody back in schools all at one time, five days a week. But from a health perspective right now, at the end of March, do you think it's safe if, if students are back full time right now? Yeah, you know, I believe our partners at CMS are working really hard to make sure that um, all of the mitigation and safety precautions are in place uh, in our schools here in Mecklenburg County. I know our students are excited to be back into the classroom, uh, but we do have to continue to be to be cautious in our approach and we have to be measured uh, and we have to do so in a phased fashion. And so I believe that, um, you know, we're supportive of the school board's decisions and uh, the work that the school district is doing and they've been incredible partners for us. Uh, we continue to work hand in hand with their teams uh, as we look to, as you mentioned, uh, scale up additional contact tracing efforts, as well as, uh, as you probably know, there are new federal resources that have been made available to uh, schools, local school districts, uh, to really expand their surveillance testing uh, programs. And so we're working right now to do all those things. And so I believe uh, really working in a cautious and measured way uh, so that when all of our students are back in the classroom, uh, we do so as safely as possible.
Help us look forward, um, not just in the next month or two, but but summer and then fall. Um, I mean, it strikes me a lot of, um, you know, adults are going to be vaccinated by that point. But I also realize schools are going to be a different situation come the fall. We, we mentioned just a minute ago how they're hi hiring contact tracers. Uh, for some folks, we're like, whoa, at this point, why are we hiring contact tracers? What, what do you think September is going to look like for CMS schools? Yeah, so um, I'm hopeful that they will be able to continue with their in-person learning uh, that they are, are, are extending to uh, later on in this uh, this school year. Um, but I also uh, fully support the need to have mitigation measures, to have public health interventions in place. Uh, as we all know, that in the in the fall, uh, as people tend to move indoors from some out from outdoor activities when the weather is nice, the likelihood of infectious illnesses like COVID spreading is great. Uh, and so we don't. There's a lot of uncertainty still around what's happening with the variants and things uh, and a really important group of folks are not yet eligible to be vaccinated and those are our kids uh, and so we're, we know that the clinical trials are underway right now to uh, affirm the safety and effectiveness of the vaccine among children uh, and that's going to take some more time uh, and so I do believe that we'll be working to um, as we are moving beyond the adult vaccination campaign we'll be gearing up to launch a, a vaccination campaign among children. Uh, and so I think we uh, the work is not done, and so we'll, we'll keep working hard, uh, but hopefully at the same time we'll be able to have, uh, again, some, some semblance of normalcy uh, as the school year starts next year. All right, let's talk about spring break. It's about that time of year. Some, some uh, students have already been on spring break, or at least school's been on spring break, others still coming. And when it comes to traveling, the county issued a travel advisory not to travel for spring break. However, you're asking that if people do travel, uh, get vaccinated or get tested first. You also believe that people who travel should quarantine when they get home, even if testing negative. Um, what's your recommendation for folks? You know, and we say spring break, but but there's folks traveling for, for various reasons. Um, I imagine your advice here is folks were not in the clear yet. You still got to be responsible. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, we're asking folks just to be responsible. We recognize that people have uh, needs, travel needs to see family, to, to see loved ones uh, for various reasons. Uh, we recognize the, the need to, uh, to take a break sometimes, uh, but we want folks to be as safe, as cautious as possible. COVID-19, again, remains a threat in this state and across this country. Uh, and so airplanes are, are definitely uh, pose a risk for travel because individuals are in close contact for extended periods of time. Uh, we, the airports are, uh, if you've been to the airport recently, you've probably seen how crowded it is. Uh, and so there are, is an opportunity for folks to spread the virus even in those settings. And so we're asking folks if you have to travel, uh, to make sure you again try to adhere to all of those safety precautions that we know work. Uh, you want to make sure you're not infectious yourself. So if you have symptoms or if you have been around somebody with COVID, then cancel your trip, postpone the trip. Uh, when you're at the before you go to the airport, <clears throat> get a test to make sure you don't have COVID. Uh, and while you're there, wear your, <clears throat> excuse me, wear your mask uh, and make sure that you, uh, you know, avoid close contact with individuals that you don't live with. Uh, and again, just try to be as safe as possible. Um, and then while you're away, if you're in another, in another city, another state, uh, th those same precautions matter. So even if those states have different restrictions or different rules, uh, I encourage folks to continue to do the things that will lower your risk, your family's risk uh, from spreading COVID or getting COVID. Uh, and of course, uh, if you, the best option, of course, is to get fully vaccinated ahead of time so that you uh, can uh, rest a little bit easier as, as if you have to travel. Uh, a fi final question, and you can get a, a swig of water if you need to. Um, uh, it, we, we reported this week that, that, that some folks in South Carolina 
are getting their first vaccination and then they're not following up for whatever reason. And it's not exactly clear. They're not following up and getting their second vaccination of the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine. Um, and listen, I get it. People are it's tempting. People think we're getting back to normal. Everything's OK. Maybe I don't need that second vaccine. But you have millions of people still wanting to get this vaccine and get fully vaccinated. What's your message to those folks out there who might be like, eh, I don't really know if I need that second vaccine. That's a waste, isn't uh, it? Uh, so, no, it's not a waste, but it's certainly important. So uh, my first message is if you've gotten your first shot and it's time for the second one, go get the second shot. Uh, it gives you the greatest level of protection. Uh, it offers you sort of the level of immunity that we believe will um, sustain you for the longest period of time before you would need an, a booster or anything of that nature. Uh, and so it's really important that you go get that second shot. Uh, the second thing I'll say is uh, we are uh, based on CDC guidance. If individuals don't return for their second shot, they have up to 42 days uh, and once we get to that mark we're able to use those second doses as first doses for other people uh, and so we will be doing that so you don't want to delay your second shot because at some point we'll use it for someone else uh, and it won't be available so it's really important to go ahead and get that done uh, and again we are not wasting any doses here in Mecklenburg County all right good to know doc thanks for everything you're doing we appreciate it of course take care all right more flash one after this Thank you for making WCNC.com your number one choice for local TV news on your phone and in your home. And trusting us on Facebook by giving WCNC Charlotte more followers than any other local TV news source. Thanks again for making us number one. Download the WCNC Charlotte News app and find out why WCNC.com is the number one choice for local TV news on your phone and in your home. Welcome back to Flashpoint. People behind on rent because of the pandemic will soon face the risk of eviction. After months of protection, the federal eviction moratorium is set to expire this week. Even with that reality looming, WCNC Charlotte's Nate Morabito discussed more than 5,000 people are still waiting on rental assistance from North Carolina's HOPE program. It's taken the state several months to get this money out, and the agency in charge isn't committing to delivering the remaining checks before March 31st. But for some, the delay in payments doesn't mean their landlord can evict them. However, not everyone's that lucky. How do you put into words uh, <laughs> Desiree Hull's uh, current situation? Uh, she struggles to find a way. I'm mentally a wreck. Hull says the pandemic cost her her job, which left her with little money to pay rent. December 7th, everything was approved. But then she discovered the HOPE program. I did an agreement with my property management. Yet all these months later, still no funds. She's left with no money to show for it. My stomach stays in knots. And no explanation why. Getting in touch with hope is like, you need a hope and prayer. Not to mention a case of COVID, a notice to vacate her Charlotte apartment effective March 31st. Where am I going? <laughs> Where am I going? <laughs> and few words. I don't know what to do. I just want to be stable. Sarita Russell is also at a loss. I just need some kind of certainty. She too is waiting for her hope money. It's taken so long to get payments. And already received a summons to appear in court. This is serious business. We are working our hardest to get the checks out to people. For some like them, Laura Hogshead's words will help. She's the chief operating officer of the North Carolina Office of Recovery and Resiliency. 
the agency in charge of managing the HOPE program. You're worried until your landlord gets that check. Hogshead says federal money like this requires extra information from both tenants and landlords, which can complicate and delay the process. But she told us as long as landlords sign the HOPE agreement, they can't evict a tenant for non-payment, even if the money doesn't arrive before March 31st. When the legal document is signed, that agreement is, the protection is in place, no matter when the check shows up. Well, that's what I thought. But it's not that simple for Hull and Russell. I thought I read the contract clearly. And it all comes down to the words in fine print. Maybe I should have had an attorney, my attorney, maybe look at the contract before I signed it. Both are renting without formal lease extensions. The agreements they signed only lock in their apartments through the end of their HOPE assistance, January 2021. And these next words are now especially hard to swallow. Their landlords can evict them after a set period of time. <laughs> that is scary. And that time is pretty much up. The HOPE program plans on learning from its failures. Before opening a second round of HOPE assistance in the coming weeks, the state is hiring 100 new employees so as not to get overwhelmed next time, telling us, quote, we are going to be faster. Nate Morabito, WCNC Charlotte. The HOPE program is currently not accepting new applications at this time, but rent and utility payments for current eligible applicants continue to be processed. More Flashpoint after this. We're really desperate. Local business owner Craig Ray applied for a government loan to keep his business going. But when his request got stalled, Craig contacted the defenders and asked, where's the money? I know that after you contacted them, things move pretty fast. Just glad we could help you. If you're asking where's the money and feeling financial pressure, the WCNC Charlotte Defenders are here to help. Email us at thedefenders at WCNC.com. We're there to get you answers to where's the money only on WCNC Charlotte. Welcome back to Flashpoint. This past week, Equal Pay Day, it shows how far into this year women have to work to make up what men made in the previous year. I posted this on Facebook saying, statistically, I get paid more than people who don't look like me. It's great news for me, horrible for everybody else. In general, women make 82 cents for every dollar a man makes. When you break that down further, black women make 63 cents, Latina women 55 cents, Native American women 60 cents, Asian women fare slightly better than average at 85 cents. It's unfair. And I think we'll all be a better country when we compensate our moms and our sisters and daughters fairly. That was very controversial to some people. Let me know what you think. Come interact with me on my Twitter and Facebook pages. If there's something you want us to cover on Flashpoint, let me know. If there's a debate you want to get in on Facebook, let me know that too. Here's hoping you have a fantastic weekend and we hope to see you back here. Be safe.